Hi, what's up, and welcome to the Deeper Linking Podcast. Links so deep, we really don't advise you to tune in when you're high. First of all, nice to see you back here. And if it's your first time, that's pretty cool. You made it. This is a podcast all about health, lifestyle, literature, and philosophy. And a new episode drops every Wednesday at 6 a.m. The reason behind that is that I thought you could listen to it on the way to wherever you're fucking going in the morning. This week's iteration is all about literature. I want to talk about how I absolutely despised it back in the day, which is not that long ago. Because, as some of you might know, I'm 17 years old. Back in the day for me means like two years ago. Then how I made a start in it, what approaches I took to achieve that, and why I even wanted to achieve that, why I wanted to read more. Part of that are the neurobiological facts behind it. And as we assume today that our brains are plastic and neuroplasticity is a thing, not the plastic that you throw into the ocean, but the plastic that means that something can change and be manipulated. And then I want to talk about approaches or perspectives that I would advise you to take if you wanted to start enjoying literature more and more. And even some reasons for you to even want that in the first place. As always, I think that's enough foreplay. Let's get into it. So where did I get the idea for this episode? There's this book that my English teacher gave to me as a gift for the end of the school year. And actually the end of my school career, which is kind of it's kind of cool, you know. Finally finished in a few weeks. And that book's called Catch-22. And on page 91, Joseph Heller writes about Clevinger, which is a character in the book. Just go read the book, Catch-22. It's, it's pretty cool. Joseph Heller writes, he was a good militant idealist who crusaded against racial bigotry by growing faint in its presence. He knew everything about literature except how to enjoy it. And then I thought, whoa, I don't even know half of the words in the first sentence. And after that, I thought, damn, I sometimes feel like that. I don't think that I always enjoyed literature. In fact, when I started reading, or when I started reading more, I seldom read for enjoyment. I read to acquire knowledge and, quite frankly, to feel superior, to feel like that genius and smart kid that reads, you know. I then realized that reading only benefits me in a very limited way if I don't enjoy it. And I looked for ways to enjoy it. And I found that, first of all, wanting to enjoy it is a, is a good thing. It's a cool thing. But then trying to enjoy it, that's the thing that you probably shouldn't or necessarily, you, you don't have to necessarily do it consciously. You don't have to try to enjoy it. That's my number one tip. Don't try to enjoy it as I think that enjoyment will come. It'll come with time and it'll come with increasing connections that you build with the authors and the different works you read. Then I had to ask myself, what is literature? It's written and sometimes spoken matter. Damn, thanks. And it's derived from the Latin word literature, meaning writing formed with letters. Thanks, even more. That's great to know. But then it most commonly refers to works of the creative imagination, like poetry, drama, fiction, nonfiction, and some instances journalism and lyrics of songs. Some of you, or most of you, probably listen to music, right? And a fraction of that is going to listen to rap enthusiastically and it's going to be in love with lyrics and 
like lyrical masterminds, some sort of that shit, you know? And I actually love rap too. I like the like the good lyrics type shit. Let's not get into that. But I think that rap or lyrics and rap can be a gateway drug for some of you cool kids to get into reading. Or at least to get into the appreciation of creative writing. Which I'm going to expand on later. Who gets to define what literature is? Or should it be an individual answer? I then asked myself. And I think that... I think that there has to uh, there has to be a a common definition to some point, but then after that everyone has to define it for themselves. Because there's, my English teacher told me the story once. He had his favorite book and he took it to his literature teacher, which he I think he liked him actually. And first thing he told him, oh no, I think it was at university. First thing the professor told him was that's not literature. And it probably wasn't per definition. But if you enjoy it and if it makes you read more and if you have a connection with the author, who gives a fuck if it's literature or not, honestly? Like, I'm not talking about that kind of literature in here. You don't have to read, I don't know, school type of shit. You have to read whatever you enjoy. Just read for the sake of reading. I would be interested to know that or to know why you are reading right now, if you're reading. And if you're not reading... I'm going to present you with some ideas or some thought-provoking statements on why you should read if you currently aren't reading. Because I myself, I used to dislike reading a lot, quite a lot, honestly. I thought that reading for pleasure couldn't be a thing. And I always hated reading books from school, which I, I think was due to the dry manner in which most teachers just do the same boring shit with the different classes in different years. Unlike my English literature teacher, Mr. Lowe, whom I actually told that I hated reading. And I challenged him to change that when I when I entered his class for the first time. And that was two years ago by now. I didn't exactly hate it, but I just didn't enjoy it, so I didn't do it. He taught me that reading is a very individual, personal, and intimate experience, uh, experience rather than a chore. Because I always used to see it as a chore. I used to see it as something you go to school for. I didn't I didn't view reading as something where you could go home and you could look forward to reading on the bus or you could you could go go home and look forward to reading after you you done your homework done whatever the fuck you need to do but now it's actually something that I look forward to and it's a source of relaxation in my everyday sort of going about strolling about this meaningless life and then I started reading books in my free time, and I started liking it more and more. I especially grew fond of all the various stylistic devices as they appear like fingerprints of a writer to me. I think that everyone uses the same array, more or less, or the same array of stylistic devices, but the implementation is always very distant, uh, distinct, and it's very different for different writers. And almost always, I think it displays the writer's intentions and messages in a unique way. Someone who's famous for using stylistic devices in a very brave and unique way is one of my favorite authors of all time, James Joyce. Some people may dislike his approach and critique that he exclusively uses stylistic devices and there's nothing behind them or there's too many of them in a chaotic way. I actually love it for exactly that reason, whatever. Paulo Coelho uh, actually said that one of the books that caused great harm 
was James Joyce's Ulysses, which is pure style. There's nothing there. Stripped down, Ulysses is a twit. You know what, Pau Coelho? I think you're a twat. <laughs> Actually, shut the fuck up. But whatever, think about it, whatever you like. Think about it like that, if you want to think about it like that. But, oh no, now I'm going to get in beef with Paulo Coelho. I didn't even probably pronounce his name right. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get publicity for that. Um, let's get into Ulysses. Just forget what I just said. <laughs> it taught me how much one day actually is. Because the whole book is just one day. All the, depending on the binding, 600 to 1,000 pages, it's, it's one day. And it showed me how long an enjoyable life can really be once you pay attention to the right sort of details. Before that, I used to just live passively, as I like to observe it from now. I like, like retrospectively, I, I used to sit in the bus and be like, oh, when am I at home? And then when I'm home, I'm like, uh, when is this day over? When can I sleep? Or when can I, when can I play PlayStation? Something like that. And I just used to watch my life, you know? Almost like I read it, you know? I didn't even take part that much. I went to hockey training, practiced a bit, went home. That's about it. But after I read that book, my approach to my own life, it changed. And I don't even have to expand on that. The fact that words on a page that you can like flip with your little thumbs... Please don't lick them before you flip the page, though. That's old people shit. Um, isn't it amazing how words on a page can make you question your whole fucking life? Shouldn't you just read them for that sole reason? That it's going to make you question more? Make you question more stuff, make you whatever. It taught me to seek a metaphor in everything. Also, I think it taught me to try and use that metaphor in my advantage or for for me so to say it also taught me that once you deeply appreciate the art of writing reading will never be a chore again but part of your day and part of your day that you look forward to because you can find so much relaxation and general value in it i feel like i disliked reading because it was the opposite of everything i did when i disliked it i used to watch TV a lot, I used to watch a lot of YouTube, Netflix, I used to scroll for hours on Instagram, all that shit, and I think that scrolling there and watching TV and all that, it's very passive, and it's very, like, everything on there is competing for your attention with the most sophisticated, uh, sophisticated algorithms there is, so I think that just the antithesis of that is reading and basically focusing on just reading word after word, trying to get lost in the story and just appreciate the writer's creativity and their implementations of various stylistic devices just wasn't what I was on back there, you know? It was just back then, it was just letting time go by and just, as I said, just observing, not really acting. And that's also why I chose podcast as a medium to express myself because I, I really think that podcast or, or podcasting is the, the only sane way nowadays to express yourself in a sort of... Nah, I shouldn't say it like that because there's definitely value to all the other ways. 
Um, I think that in podcasting, what makes it so attractive for me is that you don't have to tailor what you do so much that it isn't you anymore just to please the algorithm and generate traffic on your page. For sure, you have to ad adjust your titles. You have to choose the right words for the description of the podcast. You can't make it too long. You can't make it too short. You have to have like a fire introduction, all that shit. But I think that the attention span of a podcast viewer, uh, probably not a viewer, of a podcast listener and the quality of their attention and the appreciation for detail that they share with other readers, uh, listeners, and with the creator of the podcast. It's a whole different thing than someone on YouTube that's just trying to make time go by, that's just passively clicking on videos, going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole, or that's scrolling on social media and it's like, oh, I want to have that ass, mm, why aren't my tits as big, all that shit, and... I know that you can't reduce social media to that and I know that you can't reduce YouTube to that because there's definitely helpful content on there. But I think podcasting just stands out to me because, as I said, you don't have to sort of twist and turn everywhere so much that it just doesn't feel like it's you and your creative expression anymore. So that's why I think that podcasting is the most, first of all, the most effective and second of all the most or just the best communicating method next to books or the the best also the best educating measure as as well because when i listen to a podcast i give it a different sort of attention than the sort of attention that i give a youtube video or the the best teaching method or the best education is obviously face to face from teacher to student but I think when you're trying to learn individually podcasts and just reading stuff is just or like reading nonfiction is the most effective way to achieve whatever you want to do. Um, I also am quite intrigued by the neural science behind reading. It is actually one of the decisive factors or one of the, yeah, you could say one of the decisive factors for my decision to start reading more and for my also the decision to get into it more thoroughly when I because when I started reading obviously I wasn't like oh I want to increase my attention span I want to like do all that shit but as I got into reading and as I learned about all those benefits and as I experienced them myself especially the cool thing was that I learned about them after I already sort of realized that they were happening to me so there wasn't this moment where I thought, oh no, this is all a conspiracy from the reading industry. I'm not believing in it. Um, but I also, like, as I said, I already experienced them, meaning I actually believed what I read and it just intrigued me more and just wanted, and, and I just wanted to read more because I just wanted to, to hog all the benefits, you know. In a study called The Short and Long-Term Effects of a Novel on Connectivity in the Brain by Gregory S. Behrens and Christina Blaine and some other scientists. Um, they said that they found significant increases in connectivity were centered on hubs in the left angular or the 
supramarginal gyri and right posterior temporal gyri. Further on, they go on to say these hubs corresponded to regions previously associated with perspective taking and story comprehension. And the changes exhibited a time course that decayed rapidly after the completion of the novel. Which means that those are probably not the long-term benefits that we want to talk about here. Which is why they go on to say long-term changes in connectivity which persisted for several days after reading were observed in bilateral somatosensory cortex, suggesting a potential mechanism for embodied semantics. Embodied semantics is a theory for, or is, is, is a, a theory that specifies that the sensory motor areas used for producing an action are also used for the conceptual representation of the same action. Meaning that Concepts are represented in the brain within the same sensory motor circuitry in which the enactment of that concept relies. But the more important effect for me is the attention span. And I've noticed that myself. I've noticed that, especially when you just woke up, because I think that sleeping is kind of like a reset to like your hormones and how your whole body just functions. So I, for myself, I realized that when I wake up and I grab a book and I read something and then I go on with my day after that, I'm way more focused if I haven't had my phone to look at in between. So when I wake up and I, I read some of the pages in, my, in the book that I'm reading at that point, uh, I can go on and just get breakfast or something and sit on my desk for probably two hours, three hours and work effectively with little breaks in between. But when I wake up and grab my phone and I just see, oh, this person messaged me, I need to go there. And then I probably just open Twitter because I want to see some funny things. Elon Musk tweeted about a monkey with a chip in his brain or something. Then I get lost in that and I, or I open YouTube or something like that. And I think that you need to diet your brain with the sort of stuff that helps you when you want to do something. On that day, so when you want to work effectively, just don't look at your phone in the morning. Rather, you read something. If you want to do something before you work or you, you exercise or something. And all these things have actually scientifically shown benefits to the activity you do after. Or benefits to your performance in that activity. I think the crucial point here is that reading forces you to think linearly first before you go off on so to say, multilateral dimensions or multi-dimensional thoughts where you where you think about this stylistic device and it, it shows you that they mean this sort of, or that they want to point you to this sort of idea and that sort of concept then means this to you and you connect it to some other thing and it just stays in your mind like that. Those are sort of the advanced ways to think about books. But first of all, you have to think linearly and you have to be focused. You have to read word by word to be able to read in between the lines, so to say. And that's actually why I love reading so much nowadays. Because it's, as I already said, the antithesis to everything else we do. And it just allows you to, so to say, flip your day. Because if you read one page and it says something very inspirational or very 
thought-provoking, then your whole day you're going to think a, a little bit different. You're going to think just that tiny bit altered and you're going to, how should I say, um, you're going to act differently and you're probably going to be more thoughtful in what you do. And I just think that that effect itself is enough for you to want to read. But if there are all these, so to say, biological benefits that reading bears, uh, do you even need to enjoy it? When and how do I know if I'm enjoying something? What are the criteria? Do I necessarily need to enjoy it? I would say yes. I think you need to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy uh, if you don't enjoy it, you won't continue. You won't do it if there's no pure enjoyment, no matter how beneficial it might be to your life. If you don't enjoy running, you will not continue doing it consistently over a long period of time. Or you won't do it whenever you don't absolutely have to. I think there's one exception to this, which is the case in which your motivation or the root of your discipline, so to say, is so important to you that you don't give a fuck about enjoyment. That's the one exception that I would see here, in which the overall happiness and the satisfaction of the individual could suffer, I think, but they wouldn't have to necessarily because it would be worth it, and I think this really depends on the individual again. So if you have now decided to want to read more and to kind of crave those benefits, if they're neurobiological or if they're just the sort of relaxing your brain thing, you don't want to get into the science shit, which is also perfectly fine. Um, that's great. I really hope that I sort of did the whole reading theme justice here and I that I had the same effect on you which my English teacher had on me, which is one of the most inspiring things that I ever got from school. And I'm really thankful to Mr. Lowe that he sort of led me to reading because it's really enhanced my life in the past two years. So what are some approaches or some perspectives that you could take to help you enjoy literature? My first tip here would be to start smaller. My gateway drug into reading were these Reklam, sort of, like that's what they call in German, Reklam booklets, which are usually no longer than 100 pages and they fit into your fucking pocket. They were so small, they're even smaller than your phone. And I started taking them everywhere I went. I went to Hugendubel, which is one of the <laughs> is one of the bookshops we have here in Germany, and I just bought whatever sounded interesting or whatever intrigued me at first sight. And I do believe in love and first sight since then. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, on the train or the bus into cafes, you can take those fucking things everywhere. And one factor that definitely also played a role in this conscious decision was the fact that I thought I would come across more sophisticated reading those books. And you shouldn't be afraid of those facts, you know. I think that somewhere or... So, uh, like s somewhere deep down we all care about what other people think of us and why not use that for our advantage why not try to come off more sophisticated by doing something that actually does us well like I know I come across kind of 
annoying or dumb right now when I say that I wanted to come about or wanted to come across more sophisticated through reading. But I'm actually not afraid to tell you that because some of us, like I think all of us, we have those struggles. We all want to come across smart, sophisticated, I don't know, strong, whatever your thing is. But use that to your advantage is what I would tell you. And don't be afraid to embrace it. Like if you want come off sophisticated, use that to fucking read more or use it to work more on whatever you want to do. Like if you're a creative artist and you make music or something and you want to come off more sophisticated, spend more time on developing your knowledge on that subject. A friend of mine uh, told me about the documentary on Billie Eilish or something. And if you're, if you're interested in, in producing music and you want to come across more sophisticated, embrace that. Watch this documentary and uh, documentary and see what they do differently and learn about it. I don't know. I would say don't be afraid of that. Embrace it and use it to your advantage. Another reason was my need to prove my intelligence to myself constantly. And I thought that reading might help me build my knowledge on any specific topic. But also just on sophisticated approaches to questions or philosophical questions in general. This point is definitely linked or should I say deeply linked? sorry, to the first one about coming across in this genius way. So, as a, as I said, just use it to your advantage and just admit your unconscious desires to yourself at some point. When I asked my English teacher, Mr. Lowe, on veteran tips, so to say, on this topic, he said that he didn't really have many, which is big cap, I think. He just didn't want to outline all of them. He said that his one tip would be to find appreciation and a connection to the work or the author. And then I thought about it. And I thought that, like, I asked myself what could be something to catalyze that reaction of finding appreciation. And I think that biographies or autobiographies, even better, are a great way to get into finding this connection to the author just because they outline the the life of the authors and if it's an autobiography done by the authors themselves it's even better because you just i don't know you get that whole different approach to their lives and to their stories and what they want to tell you i think that through these autobiographies or biographies you could establish a connection to the stories or to someone's real life and better understand their works and find a deeper appreciation for them and their works one example is an author that i got to know through my english literature course again it's alexander zolchenetsin a russian author whose writing is very very crucial in world history because it was the first time that it actually showed the conditions in the gulags and his famous work the gulag archipelago or archipelago i don't know how to pronounce it sorry it was such a like influential work on politics and just retrospectively on history as well that i really don't know why i talked 28 minutes about why you should read if there's something like that out there and something as influential as those books and as this man I don't think I have to convince you anymore. I think that 
as Grammarly says, writing is not that easy. But reading is. Reading is easy. Go pick up a book, go read it, and go find that connection to the author. I think that if you actually found that connection once, then you will never think that reading is a chore again. You think, oh, thanks, I can go home and I can actually, I can read now, I can relax. And if it actually makes you more sophisticated, makes you smarter, then why not do it even more? When I then asked some of my classmates about this and some tips that they had, um, actually I only asked one of my classmates, sorry, but here is what she said. First things first, I think that people should not be reading fucking books they hate. In, like, I know it's so basic, but so many people do it. Like, I feel like, okay, as much as, what's it called, people, like, love giving book recommendations, I feel like it, a book is something that you have to seek out yourself. Like, for example, like someone like Sage, she would never read a book I would recommend her. She would only read a book if I if she picks it up and wants to read it she's done it before like a baby book but it's still like a book and then figure out what obviously figure out what genre you like because the thing is uh if you like fantasy you're not exactly gonna like realistic autobiographies but if you like autobiographies you're not necessarily gonna like fantasy or you can like both you just have to find your genre i know it's pretty basic stuff but on that again I think through the autobiography you can actually start to like fantasy work if it's from that author, if the autobiography is from that author. But her point is is really good and it's I don't think it's that basic because a lot of people go about looking for book recommendations. And I I think that's what Ayo said here is that you should seek the books yourself and you should rather look for probably genre recommendations or start with small books from each genre and see what you enjoy the most and then buy the the bigger ones the longer ones and don't spend so much time on a book you don't like like if you don't like a book after the first i think i i do it like this i buy a book and i read the first chapter no matter how much i like it or i don't and if i enjoy it then i then i read it obviously and if i don't enjoy it i can put bone uh, i can put the book okay let's see if my lips want to do it this time I can put the book down, yes, sir. I can put the book down after the first chapter, and I don't need to feel bad about it because it's supposed to be relaxing, right? So why read something that you don't enjoy? Her next point is also only reading like books. Okay, even though I feel like you have to get some discipline with reading, like you definitely should try and set times for yourself not forcing it because the thing is, when you force something, you're going to end up hating it. And reading is like, not necessarily uh activity act activity you need discipline for it's something you need to like love and want to do like i'm sure i remember when you first entered the literature course you hated fucking reading but the thing is then you learned to like it and then now you read right so it's like one of those things if you don't like you're not gonna pick it up and i would say try and find what aspects of literature you like if you like fucking graphic novels read a fucking graphic novel like add a picture in it i don't whatever maybe just quickly like something that might help is like reading a page a day like for example if someone who doesn't like reading reads is like i have to finish like all fucking 50 pages today or i'm gonna fucking cry like no one you're, you're forcing yourself to read the book it's not like you want to read the book 
if you want to read the book then just read like a page a day i know it takes forever then because it's like literally probably like 300 pages but you'll eventually a page a day and then you get interested in the book and you're like hmm, maybe i should read another 20 pages i just want to see how this chapter ends and then then you like develop how much you want to read i think that's a beautiful idea it just expands on the idea of what i already said of starting small and of picking out short books but if you pick out those short books you don't have to finish them in one take or in one week or in one month you can literally as she said you can you can get those books and you can read them one page a day if you don't want to read more at that time but when you get intrigued by one book you're going to read more trust me on that so don't stress yourself out on that one more tip she texted me after that was also annotating the book with like your thoughts makes it more fun like fucking bashing the characters quote end i think that's a cool idea and then she sent me pictures where she like drew a little star and writes rose eyes next to it or where she just says me next to some highlighted quote and i think just not even doing that necessarily and if you do that and you enjoy it that's fucking great but i think the thing between the lines or or the the underlying theme here is find stuff that you enjoy when you read and just do that you're not reading for anyone else you don't need to write like cool stuff next to it you can write funny stuff or you can you can write your thoughts you can write whatever next to it just make sure you do something that's individually enjoying uh, enjoyable for you i think that's enough tips for now and if you have more tips or if you want to share what what helped you get into reading or what caused you to get into reading what what sort of tickled you to start then please do feel free to contact me i really enjoy getting your feedback and i i have gotten some feedback already and i i really appreciate it even if it's not positive if it's uh, so to say negative or if it's hopefully it's constructive but any feedback helps me and i'm i'm really grateful for it and please give me your feedback on what's what made you start reading because I, I really enjoy sort of listening to those type of stories and if you send it as a voice message through the the anchor website attached to this podcast or the anchor website that you can find on on my website actually www.deeperlinking.blog and then you scroll down and open the podcast then you can send voice messages to me and I'm going to include all those voice messages in future podcasts when I think they fit. You could also reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram or my email. You can find all those credentials on my website, which is again www.deeperlinking.blog. You could also donate to me on that website as it does cost something to get this podcast or to keep it going. Interviews cost money. The, the the equipment costs money, advertisement costs money, everything costs money. And at the moment, I'm funding all of that out of my little pocket, which is pretty fucking small. <laughs> There's not a huge podcast behind the... Uh, thank you. Not a, whole, uh, not a huge podcast behind this budget. Not a huge budget behind this podcast. Uh, so I would be very grateful for... Even if it's something as little as an euro or two euros, something like that. You can go to my website, go to the podcast and scroll a little bit down and then there's going to be this huge ass donation which uh, which you can use to, yeah, as the name states, donate money to this handsome looking guy over here. Okay, I think that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. 
I hope you actually start reading if you don't already, and I hope you enjoy reading even more if you already read before listening to this. So in conclusion, today we talked about how to enjoy literature. We talked about what literature is, we talked about my start in it, and we talked about some approaches to help you get started in it. Those approaches are to start small, they are to find an appreciation and a connection for the author and the work, and they are to, to just find your way to get into literature, find your way to treat books, find your your unique way to enjoy it, so to say. As most of you probably know, I have a blog in which I just speak my mind on whatever comes to mind in that week. This week's episode, they always come out on Friday, also at 6 a.m., so you can read or listen to it uh, when you're on the way to wherever you're going in that, on that day. Last week's episode was on treating your thoughts like quicksand versus treating them like roadmaps. And it was, I think, a very interesting take on thought organization and on organizing your thoughts like quicksand or like a roadmap and, so to say, navigating your route towards solving some sort of problem. Go check it out. Go subscribe to my blog. I hope you enjoy it. And if you found it useful, just like it and comment what you lo- uh, what you liked about it, comment what you didn't like about it. I very, very much appreciate all your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Deeper Linking Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I really do hope you found it useful. I found I hope you found it a good use of your time. If you did, subscribe to the podcast. If you if you even loved this episode and you really think that it could benefit friends and family, why not share it? Why not share it? Why not help grow this community? Why not? Yeah, go share this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found it useful. Thank you for listening. Max. <laughs>